And so it's it's important for us, I think, to know that Jesus is the Christ, yes. uh, that he is the Messiah of all messiahs. And when he is the anointed one, uh, he is the the salvation, Yeshua, exactly. right? right? So he is the is the anointed one that has come to truly save us. Good Tuesday afternoon and welcome back to this week's Table Talk. So glad that you could join us. And this week, you'll be joining us along with Mr. Ed Chappelle here at the table. Ed, welcome. Thank you. Very good to be here. So good to have you. Uh, You and your wife, Kim, have been present at River Oaks, members for five or six or... Five, probably about five years. I think we've been going here maybe seven. About five or seven years. And uh, Ed, I know you you spent a great deal of time in the Word. I know, uh, in fact, one of the things that was was really interesting to me and has been encouraging to me Mm -hmm. is you have uh, sort of a Facebook group that you've been called to that you lead and provide encouragement, uh, which fittingly is called... Welcome to the Table. Welcome to the Table. (laughs) What's the purpose of that group? Um, The purpose is basically to have people come to it and just have some good news first thing in the morning okay instead of flipping on the tv and doom and gloom okay i mean you can you can come here and and get some encouraging word to start off your day and good and during the day we even we even share a podcast monday through friday at at noon Okay. From somebody we know. Oh, Building a Life of Prayer, yes. maybe. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. You, yeah, thank you for You're on that, that oh. every noon. I, I get a schedule for it at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I figured well, that's a good you. lunch thing to have. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, th- so in Scripture and, and other sort of scripture, encouragement. Scripture, yeah, encouragement. Um, yeah. Even Kim threw a little cartoon today about <laughs> a puppy confessing to a priest that he had committed a sin and Fold his owner into two breakfasts for the day. So, <laughs> okay. so she, can I well, put that on? I said, yeah. yeah can, well, that's good. Well, too. anyone can check that out and welcome to, yeah, welcome come, to the table. To, actually, it's um, come to the table. Come, come to, the, to table. the table. Yeah. Okay, come to the table. Fantastic. Well, that's that's awesome and, and appreciate what you do there and your heart for that. Uh, David, welcome. Good to be here. Welcome Thank to you. the table. Glad you good could to come to the table today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure we have this without you at the table today. Well. So. <laughs> But uh, the message this week, and uh, we're going to be looking at that and digging into that. Before we do, um, I did want to remind everyone um, again of the Lent passage yeah. this week, yeah. um, Psalm 32. Right. And again, I, I know personally myself, just starting off the week um, using uh, the guided biblical meditation uh, that Brett has provided mm-hmm. um, on this channel. What a great start uh, yeah. this morning yeah. for me. Uh, and today in, in Psalm 32, that uh, what I really liked about the verse that we've highlighted is a memory verse, uh, 32, seven? Seven. 32 7, is that you preserve me from trouble. You, you, you hide, I can hide in you, right? And, yeah. and you preserve me from trouble. Me. You're the yeah. hiding place. And um, you surround me with shouts of deliverance. Uh, wow, what a place we want to be this week. So, um, yeah, so I'd encourage everyone, if you get a chance, uh, to uh, just sit. Take 10 minutes of your of your day um, 
and uh, sit in biblical meditation uh, with Brett as he guides us so that we can continue to, to meditate mm-hmm. on Scripture uh, beyond right. Lent. So, well, good. Well, as we look at uh, certainty this week, we're in Luke chapter 20. Now, for those of you that are in small groups, uh, the the study guide covers the entire chapter. We kind of hit throughout chapter 20. But, David, you focused on really the first 19 verses. Is that right? Or Primarily the parable in verses 9 through 18. 9 through through 18. The parable of the tenants. Okay, right. That was the main focus. Okay. And we ending with Jesus is the cornerstone. Right, okay. Right. What I thought we would do, uh, because, uh, it, yeah, the parable was the middle section, sort of the meat of that, because you did mention that first part about authority. Right. And I thought maybe let's look right. at that. Okay. Because I don't know about Ed, but I had some questions about okay. that. sure. And uh, Ed, would you mind reading uh, just those first uh, eight verses okay. that really set up the sure. parable? Sure. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priest and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us, by what authority you do you say these things, or who gives you the authority? And he answered them, I will also ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another and said, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us to death. For they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Never will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Okay, thank you, Ed. Um, and really to set this up, David, what we're going to see throughout the entire chapter is right. chief priests, elders, um, Sadducees, uh, the, the, the religious leaders, the scribes. Right. They're, they're all trying to entrap Jesus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're going to see two or three different instances, and this right. is the first one. Right. Um, Ed, when you read that first passage about authority, is there, is there any confusion or question, or is that pretty clear to you? Any thoughts that you have when you, you hear those first eight verses? Uh, not really. I, know, I mean, I'm reading it present day so i know okay i yeah. know who, who's authority we're on this side right of the cross but if and, i went yeah. if i was on the other side I, i'd be curious yeah if somebody came up saying you know it's a legitimate question yeah, it right? is it very is and yeah and i'm sure that the that the priests and the scribes just kind of scratched their hair like well where'd this guy come from and, yeah and why does he think say he can do this and that and yeah so jesus answers their question about authority with a question with a question Right. And, and what is implied with the question he asked? Why is it such a clever or just genius question, so to speak? Well, and keep in mind that they're questioning him about his authority also right after he's cleansed the temple. So they're okay. concerned not only that he came in and did that, but also that he's teaching with such authority. Mm-hmm. And people are yeah. marveling at the authority with which he speaks. But I think he perceived, he, he, he knew what they were thinking. Right. And so he asked the question, uh, in response to their question, I'll also ask you a question. John's baptism, where did it come from? From heaven or of men? Where was his authority from? And uh, he knew that they were now stuck. They were trying to entrap him, and he had essentially trapped them. If they say from heaven, he can say, why didn't you believe him? If they say from men, they're afraid of all these people who took John to be a prophet. Okay. So he was just wisely um, okay. defeating them at their own game, it seems okay. to me. Well, and, and so for me, for me personally, and, and maybe I'm sort of uh, representative of um, 
maybe others that aren't just aren't familiar with with what's going on here too, because I, you know, I'm thinking that this could be a confusing point. Is then why didn't Jesus answer them? Why why did it still say that after that he said, "Well, neither shall I answer you." Is, why didn't there, he just say, "My authority is my from authority the is Father. from from my Father"? I or, always do what I see the Father doing. Yeah, that he yeah. said on a number of yeah. other occasions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I we don't know for certain. I don't but, know. We don't know, don't know, but yeah, maybe, maybe. he was um, trying to get them to dig inside themselves and and realize, right. okay, that you know they they represented something that they're not truly okay. of. So right, and, and I guess ultimately he's setting up the parable mm. teaching yes. too, right? Yeah. So if he goes the way of just being direct, then the, the sense of the parable may have been yeah. lost too. Yeah. So, right. but that's basically what's happening. They're saying, "Well, who who gives you this authority?" Mm-hmm. And then he asks a question for which they can't answer. So he just says, "Well, then I won't answer you either." Yeah. But I will tell yeah. you. I'll, I'll teach you something. I'll teach exactly. you something. Okay. All right. And so he he says, "All right, let me tell you this this parable." And if we look at the parable, which is really the verses 9 through 16, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it right there. David, would you mind reading through the parable? Sure. Well, I think that'll help. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and led it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant. But they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, surely not. Wow. So you said yesterday, David, David the, uh, the, 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 the sort of uh, the, needing to see the Old Testament in this as well. What, is that, what does that mean, seeing the Old Testament? Do you, do you see that there, Ed? Or? He's just bringing... The um, prophecy, okay, to life in the in the you know in the current time that he's in, yeah, and reminding them that you know this this is the word of God that you honor, okay, and I'm putting it right back on you to see how you respond, okay, yeah, and and when we when we think about it that way, uh, we start to sort of look at the parable. Uh, what what are the uh, uh, what are they representing? Right. Right. right, right, and so as we go through, if we if we were just to sort of like go through this, and we said, all right, who who is the um, who's the man that planted the vineyard? The Lord, oh, God, God. Okay, yeah. and and the vineyard is Israel. Is Israel? Mm, yes. So all of God's chosen people. The, yeah, I think it's an Old Testament image with which they would have been quite familiar. I think okay. it's Isaiah, maybe chapter five. Um, the, the the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house okay. of Israel or something okay. like that. So, yeah. yeah. So this is starting to come alive now because now we're yeah. seeing what it's representing yeah. and what he's intending, right? Um, and um, it said that um, he, uh, he let his tenants, let it out to the tenants and went to another country for a while. And the, and the tenants? I think they represent the religious leaders of Israel throughout history, the ones who persecuted the prophets okay. mm-hmm. right down to the present present day. So in a way, he left it to those who would be responsible right. for tending the vineyard. Right. right. 
right? right? You're overseeing my people as as the tenants, how how you tend to them, steward them, right? Lead them, train them, shepherd them, right? So this is really a message that about that. Um, uh, the, he goes away for a while. The, again, the implication that. Um, that the son has gone away, right? Or well, we don't know that yet. But uh, he, God has left it for the tenants, the religious leaders, to do. And then He said the servants are sent, um, and they're beaten up and they're mm-hmm. abused. Uh, the servants again, a direct Old Testament reference. The prophets. prophets the prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Any prophets come to mind? Like, what would, would there be any specifically here that we can think of that? Um, Elijah. Okay. Yeah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, okay. Persecuted. Okay. Was he the one thrown down in the muddy yeah. pit? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And and certainly, if not physically abused, uh they they were um ignored. Right. Um they were mocked. Mocked, rejected. Uh, rejected yeah. uh for certain. And so ultimately he says, Well, let me send my son. Uh they'll they'll respect him for sure, but they do the same thing. Reject mock, abuse, mm-hmm. and then what we're going to see here in just a couple of days within the gospel narrative is they kill him as they well. They kill him. And, and so that's the picture that Jesus is really painting for us here, right? And, and so with these religious leaders, uh, it says and, and, uh, that he will come back and destroy um, the, uh, the vineyard, right? Um, he'll destroy the tenants and give the, the vineyard to others. Right, okay. Right. Well, what is that? What is he implying there? He'll destroy the tenants. That's the um, that's a judgment of God. Okay. You know, they they're coming, the coming of the Messiah. Okay. The, um, the rapture, the the um, Christ coming down to the earth for a thousand years. And okay, and hold hold that thought as well. well I want to get back to that one second, yeah. and I also want to ask about that vineyard. Those is he saying that he he will basically remove the leaders and give. Israel to someone else, the people? I think he's talking about the kingdom here. The kingdom. The kingdom okay. of God will go to the Gentiles. It'll go beyond okay. Israel. It'll go to people bearing the fruit of it. Okay. And other passages in Scripture okay. indi- indicate yeah. that. Okay. And that destruction that will come. Um, it, so Ed's referencing what many believe to see the, the sort of end time destruction right. of what has right. been built up. Mm-hmm. Some would also say that there's a literal um, sort of meaning here relative to what would happen in AD 70, that Jesus is saying, look, this city, your city, where the, 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 the tenants gather in Central, that that's going to be destroyed and handed over to the oppressors, yeah. to the Gentiles as well. Kind of could also be an and yeah, both well. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, possibly so. Okay. And, um, and so they know that. They, they know what's, what he's talking about, right? Um, any last thoughts on the on the parable itself? Because that's that's sort of the teaching. What's the lesson? What's the central truth of the lesson then, of the parable? Well, again, you start us off asking us about the authority. Right. You know, why didn't he didn't answer directly? And I th- I suspect just from the way the parable unfolds, they didn't grasp at the very beginning of the parable he was talking about them. They were mm, caught up okay. in this vivid depiction and said, surely not. Nothing like this would happen. Yeah. And then when he claims to be the cornerstone, okay. verse 19 says, okay. the scribes and Pharisees sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told this parable against them. Uh-huh. So now they're 
Now they convicted. Yeah. 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 And so, um, but in between there, that reference to cornerstone, uh, he says, all right, so he tells a parable after they say, sure, he says, he looks at them and he says, what then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And that is a, a reference back to Psalm 118. 118 and the... Uh, the stone that's rejected is the Messiah, Messiah Christ, yes. Jesus Christ, right. and has become the cornerstone. If we're not in construction, what what is a cornerstone? Um, it's basically the, the the foundation. I mean, if you don't, okay. you know, you got to have something that you build on. Okay. Without it, you know, nothing will. Things will be built, but when the storms of life come on, or storms come out hurricanes come out then okay things going to collapse so you got to have a cornerstone something worthy of um taking on the storms and and able to survive okay and 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 in that sort of construction mindset is it fair to, and, and i'm asking more than i'm telling so please <laughs> again I, I don't know the but it would then become actually the most foundational fundamental piece right it sets the course for everything it's the most in, uh, the highest integrity of all the mm-hmm. construction materials is that first cornerstone or, I, I think so I think so. where okay. two walls so, yeah. come together okay from what I've read and okay. yes the, for the building to have integrity the cornerstone's got to be there okay and so in, in essence what what the psalmist is saying and then what uh, Jesus is, is referring about himself is just that look uh, this this can this stone that you've thrown out, has now become the stone, the one that right. for everything else is built on. Right, right. This is this is uh, sort of fundamental to this, and you rejected it. Right. You threw it out completely. And then he says, everyone who falls on that stone, the cornerstone, will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. What do we make of that? I'm not sure, but I did, in, in reading commentaries on this, read that there was a, a, a saying, um, I don't know how well known it would have been among them, that um, if a stone f- falls on a pot, the pot is crushed. If the pot falls on the stone, the pot is crushed. Either way, oh, nobody okay. crushes the stone. They only get crushed by the stone. Okay. That so makes a lot of sense. Maybe just uh, one of those... Those sayings that we see often in Scripture that would have yeah. been well understood. Yeah, perhaps. Um, but it certainly is used elsewhere in the New Testament okay. by the Apostle Peter, okay. uh, specifically talking about the cornerstone. Right, okay. Yeah, so it becomes a pretty important image for the building of the church on okay. the cornerstone. Mm. And then like you say then, after he states this, they then know what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who comes against him, will be crushed. Yeah. For anyone that he will come against will be crushed. Yeah. Because he is the uh, landowner's son who has come to reclaim the right. vineyard. Right. right. And yeah. throw out those who did not uh, steward the vendor. Mm-hmm. Right. Vineyard Correct. Well. Yeah. I think so. Wow. All right. And then, of course, we, we see this. The application then for, for us, how do we... Uh, like small groups, but read through this parable and say, oh, that's great. It's a great teaching, something I can learn. But is there anything I can do with that? Just make sure that your life is focused on Christ. Okay. That, that the, your, you know, your day starts with Christ, and then you go from there. Okay. Build it on the cornerstone. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that applies to anything. I mean, buying a new car, even getting a new pet or something. I mean, everything. Yeah. And it might sound kind of crazy to some people. You're going to pray about everything. Yeah, you need okay. to. Yeah. Because you need, you need that guidance. Yeah. And why would I go build a, a ship if I don't, you know, mm-hmm. go and find a person who, who construct a ship? Yeah. Who has the plans for the ship. Who, for whom has authority over all things. Exactly. Yeah. David, anything else you'd add to that? that no, I think it is right. Yeah. I think we, we build our lives on the cornerstone. And as we look further in the New Testament, um, that, <coughs> excuse me, is exactly what Peter says. I think in First okay. Peter chapter 2, um, we build our lives upon mm-hmm. him. On him, okay. okay. Calls him there a living stone. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, um, well, that's good on the parable. And uh, before we go, uh, we're going to look at the essential moment this week. And, and this week's essential moment really still comes from chapter 20, just not within the passage we've looked at so far. Mm. If you look at verse 41, whose son is the Christ? And really, again, uh, Jesus is going about answering these questions that are trying to entrap him and, and really tell them who he is. And he uses the psalm uh, back... Uh, uh, from from David, and he says, you know, the, how can they say that the Christ is David's son? And then in the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And within that, he is um, he is justifying the defense that he is the Christ um, right. that is being spoke of. And so it dawned on me, we use that term Christ an awful lot. And again, I would suggest that an essential moment is, is one of those terms or phrases or doctrines for which we, we just can't take for granted mm-hmm. that we all understand biblically, and particularly those who don't know Jesus the Christ right. would understand. And so um, when we see Christ in Scripture, what, what do we immediately think first? Or what, do we, what, what might come to our mind? And then we'll see what Scripture says. When I think of Christ, I think of, of the Messiah. Okay. The, the anointed one. The anointed yes. one. Okay. All right. David? Exactly. What Ed right? said. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, good, because Christ in, in Greek is Christos, and Christos is really the nuanced uh, transliteration or translation, I guess, of mm. the Hebrew uh, Meshiach. And, of course, from Meshiach we get Messiah, meaning... The anointed one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and, and here's something I think, though, that's really important. So we could stop there, and we could say, okay, Jesus is the anointed one. Okay, um, But here, here's what I think is important, is that throughout the Old Testament, we see many Christs. We see God say that he has, ha- he has his anointed one. In fact, the word Mashiach is used to speak of prophets mm-hmm. and kings and priests. And so um, how do we differentiate between a Christ of the Old Testament and then the Christ of the New Testament? Are there multiple Christs, anointed ones? I know in the Old Testament there's a a lot of Scripture, the foreshadowing of Christ. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that can reference that question. You are exactly—I think you're exactly on it. David, any thoughts? 
No, let's keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, okay, so here's what I would, I would uh, in my mind, again, I'm mm-hmm. kind of the simple mind. So I really begin with that Luke 9, 20, where we saw in Luke 9 that uh, where Jesus is saying, who do you say that I am? And moving forward from that point forward, Jesus is always the Christ, not a Christ. Right. right. And so then we see references, I think even in Revelation 21, but also elements in First Timothy and other places where Jesus is the the high prophet, priest, and mm-hmm. king. He is the uh, the superior uh, of prophet, priest, and king. And so I think you're exactly right. Where uh, God anointed those uh, to act as His voice, to act as His priests, act um, as His kings, uh, w- they were all pointing toward right. ultimately the Christ. the Christ. And for Jews. Uh, they they never really spoke of that terminology other than they knew that the Messiah would come uh, one day uh, that was greater than all the other mm-hmm. messiahs. And so it's it's important for us, I think, to know that Jesus is the Christ, yes. uh, that he is the Messiah of all messiahs, and when he is the anointed one, uh, he is the the salvation, Yeshua, exactly. right? Yeah. So he is the is the anointed one that has come to truly save us. Um, sometimes we say, well, it's, uh, well, that's his last name. No, it's not his last name, and it's important <laughs> that we distinguish uh, because we need to know that he is the Messiah, the, the, the ultimate um, uh, superior anointed right. one of God uh, right. that has come to save us. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Is that um, you know I, I had one other reference that uh, again staying in Luke uh, because it's in Luke that we see this and I think it's important for us to know uh, Luke four forty one was was my reference here and it says oh I think this is great right so and demons also came out of many crying you are the son of God uh, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ, Christ. yeah. And that's a good point there. I think it's again. I think when we look in the New Testament, uh, the references are to Jesus as the Christ, uh, and not just Jesus right. Christ. Right. Um, again, we can we can say that that's a little bit ticky tacky, but um, oh, I think it's important, really yeah. important. And as we read Scripture, I think that's an essential that can um, maybe bring clarity to people when it, mm-hmm. we we, we uh, talk about who Jesus is. Right. That is certainly yeah. uh, the characteristic that we need to inform, maybe first and foremost. He's okay. definitely the one that intercedes for us. He, he sits yes. at the right hand of God. So. That's right. Yeah. As, as exactly. the mediator, the high mm-hmm. mediator, the high priest, prophet, and king, the Christ. Right. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's good. I thought we could get going on that one, but that's uh, that's great. Ed, thanks for coming to the table I appreciate today. It. Good yeah. to appreciate it. it was good nice to be being here. Yeah, good to see you, David. Thanks again. Good to be here, David. And next Thank week, you. we hope to see you as we're going to be moving into Chapter 21. We'll be with Pastor Wild, and it's really the, the final uh, teaching and confrontations, really, uh, that Jesus turns and he tells us all to just really watch out uh, before yeah. the events of Friday start to occur. Blessings, friends.